Welcome to the Find Your Awesome Podcast. My name is Kelsey Abbott and I'm your host. I'm an intuitive human design reader, a certified professional coach, and an instigator of joy. And I am so excited about today's episode and the few episodes that follow. I mean, I'm excited about all the episodes, but really, here's what we're doing. I had conversations with some people who are really, truly living the human design experiment. They are trying to lean into their design or they are naturally leaning into their design. They're playing with it. They're falling into flow and they're falling out of flow and they're getting back in flow and they're living the way they are supposed to live. They're experiencing energetic flow and they're experiencing energetic frustration or whatever their not self theme is. And today we're starting off this series with Lisa Wade Berry. She's a manifesting generator with sacral authority and a non-specific manifesting strategy. So a reminder, a manifesting generator is here to play. We are here to follow the joy. We are not at all going in straight lines. We go from A to 77 to yellow to two. And that's just how we roll. That's how we do things. No one has ever done anything the way that we are doing it before. We're here to create fresh tracks. We're here to do what was thought as impossible with so much joy and play and to teach other people that that is possible. And Lisa does that. Holy cow, does she do that. This woman radiates joy. She radiates play. She's completely goofy and brilliant and inspiring and amazing. And I adore her. Oh, and sacral authority, a reminder on that. That means that she really, truly listens to her gut, which gives her a yes or no answer, telling her which way she wants to go. And then being a nonspecific manifester means that she really trusts and surrenders. It's a powerful practice, and I'm really excited for you to hear all about how Lisa moves through life. I hope this inspires you. I hope it makes you fall in love with MGs a little more. If you are an MG, I hope it helps you fall in love with yourself a little more. And please let me know what you think of this episode and reach out to Lisa as well. We really, really want to hear from you. One last note before we get started. If you would like to support the Find Your Awesome podcast, please go to patreon.com slash Kelsey Abbott. All right, let's get to it. Go forth and be awesome. Lisa, I'm so excited you're back. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yay. I am just completely jazzed to be here. All right. So we're going to talk. If people haven't listened to our earlier episode, go listen. This woman is so fun and magical and brilliant and just like go back and listen to that that episode but today we're going to talk about you as a manifesting generator and we're probably going to go in a whole bunch of other directions but um as ever everyone knows obviously i'm an mg as well so we're going to just geek out about how awesome we are (laughs) (laughs) so and what does it mean to you? What did it know? What did it feel like when you first learned that you're a manifesting generator? Um, it, it put so many things in perspective and made so much sense to me in terms of, um, you know, especially things like sacral authority and, and the role, I just recognizing that frustration is um, not me being in alignment with me. <laughs> There, there was just it, it made a great deal of sense um from um i love the fact that that the manifesting part was in there because mm-hmm. for some reason that is empowering to me it just it's it's a sense of of empowerment and the idea of following the joy it, it was almost as if it gave me permission to follow the joy and not feel guilty about it because yes I that this is how I'm made. This is my fuel. Well, of course I need to do this <laughs> and, and to not really give a shit if anybody mm-hmm. else minded. it. So that was very liberating. Yeah. And all right. So if we're going to say, cause I know we're going to go deep on everything, but like, let's, let's spend a little time on the surface. 
And your path, like how many different things do you do now? And like, what is like, since college, like what has your path been like? And what did you study? Okay. So in college, um, college i was a double major in communication and public relations you know that could go anywhere Uh, i'm wondering if double majoring is super common for mgs probably yeah possibly i was um high school and college i was on the the speech and debate team so you know not necessarily an athlete but i ran my mouth a lot which was (laughs) which was great and apparently goes right along with my chart it does yeah Um, I moved then to, to Washington DC and pursued a master's in political management. And so all of that, I've kind of taken those skills and put to use for nonprofit work and the whole idea of trying to make world, the world a better place. And, you know, um, yeah, just trying to make things better. <laughs> okay. And then you, then you end up, um, teaching. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, I've taught college classes, so everything from speech to um, federal government to computer classes to personal development type classes, both regular and also inside state prisons, because why not? Um, Yeah, so teaching, then there's, you know, the coaching, writing, speaking sides. And it's funny because when, when you say what kinds of things have you done, if you look at my resume, it's like this crazy hodgepodge of you know, just finding a consistent theme might be difficult, you know, but I found it, it all really boils down to something related to, to energy and trying to make a positive difference either, you know, in, in politics and organizations or, or directly with people. Um, And I tend to thrive more in places where I don't have to sit at a desk a whole lot. <laughs> yeah, I think that's an easy thing too. We are yeah. not meant to be in cages. Um, I think it's interesting too. You say like when you look at your resume, it might look like a whole hodgepodge. It makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. So like I see, I can see how each one of those things, it's and this is the way um, the universe pushes us as manifesting generators is go this way you got to go get something over there now go this way you got to get something over there go this way get that it's like this you're we're collecting stuff along the way that's all going to come together to make us able to do what we're supposed to do and and it's it's wild i i agree i agree but i've only been able to see that probably within the last three months or so and now i realize that i'm on like the precipice of of bringing all of those dots, you know, all those things that have been collected over, you know, the past sheesh 30 years or whatever, and finally trying to figure out what is this bigger picture, you know, and standing in in my gifts or my strengths and moving forward to be of service from that bigger picture in a way that is in alignment with me. And, you know, finally to the point where I'm not doing it on behalf of other organizations or, you know, other causes, but just now, you know, being in a place to go, oh, I get the picture, I get my role in it, I get why all this other, you know, experience, even though my past career and resume isn't what my future prosperity is based on, all those skills and abilities that have been, you know, developed as a result, I'm grateful for, and I know will help me get there moving forward. But the moving forward is totally on a different path and I'm stoked about it. And it's a little scary at the same time when you well, think, yeah. yeah. Do you think it's scary? Well, what, why do you think it's scary? The idea of launching out on a future that's not built on the foundation of what I've spent, you know, 30 years creating. Um, you know, I'm, I'm looking at moving to a new city and I'm thinking about, thinking about jobs and the, and the job, J-O-B, you know, that I'm looking at and all have to do with, with what I've done in the past and the, the, the guidance that I receive, you know, the spirit from, from my higher self or, you know, whoever's given me guidance is always that, my future direction and my future prosperity are not rooted in my past mm-hmm. that it that it's different and um and that it's time to jump into that and so you know my logical brain goes 
bah! You know, and wants to freak out. And the rest of me, especially my safe row, goes, woo, woo, you know, belly dancing around, <laughs> all excited about, about bringing that kind of, of energy to the world. So I often find myself in kind of a wrestling match between my head and um, the smart girl, logical part of me and the rest of me that's like, oh, shut up, brain. Let's go have some fun. (laughs) And that's that's also so us because (laughs) we um, we're really here to carve brand new paths. Mm -hmm. We're here to do things that other people thought were impossible with so much love and joy and play and and then show other people that yeah it can be done and it can be done playfully and fun and with ease um yeah we're here to do brand new things no one there's no blueprint for what we're here to do even like our past self has no idea and can't guide us <laughs> yeah and that and that's when my you know my little ego is sitting here going Oh, 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 Lord. <laughs> Whoa, wait a minute. And quite frankly, society, for those who aren't in, you know, manifesting generators, kind of look at us or look at me. I'll, I'll use this personally, but look at the things that I'm, I'm wanting to do or the direction I'm wanting to go and just shake their head and go, she's lost her ever loving mind because mm-hmm. there are things called benefits and 401ks and, you know, work record and, credit score, you know, all these other things that are such, are so important to so many people. And I'm looking at those things going, hmm, yeah, I mean, have a decent credit score, have a decent, all this other stuff. But at the same time, there's so much value put on that by others. And I'm looking at that going, oh, but yeah, none of it really matters. Yes. (laughs) Or it really, in the big scheme of things, it so doesn't matter. And I'm looking at, but does it light me up? And does it let me serve from a place of authenticity and, um, and truth? Can't and I, this is why I think your, your energy is so magnetic, Lisa, is because, and, and I did just find the extra sparkle in your chart, but like when you are lit up, holy cow, like just being with you feels so good. Like it makes me feel like jumping around and kind of like, why are we jumping? I don't know. This feels good. <laughs> I want to sing crisscross now. Everybody (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) But you, there's, there's so much freedom. And I think that, huh, I'm just realizing that. um, So my past as an MG is a whole lot of people telling me I'm doing things wrong. You know, do one thing at a time. Do like, can't you stick with one thing long enough? Like go from marine biologist to the science writer, that kind of made sense. But then to personal trainer and people were like, what? Mm-hmm. Stick with one thing, Kelsey. Then to professional coach and like, geez, stick with one thing and get really good at it. Mm. Yep. I needed all these steps. So in your, like doing what totally lights you up, you give me permission to be free, to mm-hmm. do what lights me up, to follow the joy. Yeah, you know, I come from a family where people have worked in the same organization for 40 years. I mean, for their entire careers. Can you imagine that? I I can't. I can't. That almost brings me pain. But it works for them, and that's cool. And I don't, you know, that is fantastic for them. Um, But as a result of me trying different things, looking at, you know, different avenues, um, I think the term flaky perhaps has been used more than once. Um, and I, for me, you used the term liberating earlier, and that's been such a key term to me over the past, especially the past year, just this idea of liberation. And I, and I finally realized that the most liberating thing for me was getting to a point where I did not give two fucks about what other people thought about my life path you know, and, and what comes forward in the future. And, um, that as long as I'm aligned with what feels right to me and with my, I work with my guidance a lot, just intuitive type guidance. 
And as long as I feel like I'm aligned with my soul and moving in that direction and have the courage, and that's a biggie, have the courage to do things that might not make logical sense to other people. And sometimes not even logical sense to myself, but allow my faith to be more powerful than my fears. That's when, man, things start manifesting in such a beautiful unexpectedly better than I could have ever dreamed on my own sort of way. And okay. I want to hear more about that. <laughs> and, and let's share that you're a non-specific manifester. So for anyone who doesn't know what that means, when you look at your chart, the, on the, the, the urgency two arrows, four arrows total up by the head and on the right, the bottom arrow, if it points to the right, you're a non-specific manifester. And Lisa and I are both non-specific manifestors. And I love the way Lisa um, owns it and plays with it. You know, what I found for me, and this is where sometimes the traditional coaching world and the, the traditional business strategy approaches of the past have felt really confining for me. The idea of pick your niche, talk to your one person, narrow, 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 focus, focus, focus. And I feel like I'm being put in this little box that feels really suffocating. And I'm like, but what about this? And what about that? And what about this? And ah, but I can do this. And ah, just, and, and I get, I, I truly intellectually get the concept and it feels awful. I mean, it just feels yucky to try to to do that for, for me. I know it works for others, but for me, it feels yucky. So what I found, and the other thing with that is when people ask me to write out specific goals, I want to make X number of dollars in the next month or whatever, I start twitching. <laughs> like, whoa, and, and like exactly how I'm going to do that. I'm like, I, that um, that does not feel liberating to me. <laughs> but I have found that when I think about or decide how do I want to feel? This is how I want to feel. And then do things or allow things to come at me that help me feel that way. That is such a clue for me. It's like my breadcrumbs toward toward the right thing. And and this has only been honestly within the past year or so that I've really been focusing on, if even that long, how do I want to feel? But it's like every time I am trying to manifest something and I might make the list of, and here's all the things I want, but it's when I add, and here's how I want to feel. That's when I notice that here's the opportunity. Um, you know, it came about when I was looking for a house, for example, last year, I made the list of here's all the stuff I want, but I added, and I want to feel a sense of liberation. I want to feel safety. I want to feel peace. And the other, the other thing I put was, I just want to feel yes, just mm -hmm. yes. And it was crazy because this opportunity came out of nowhere. I mean, it was it, totally, in my opinion, a divinely guided thing, you know, just these beautiful synchronicities and me listening to that guidance and following it. But I ended up on this beautiful little, in this beautiful little cottage on a farm with donkeys and horses and geese and a pond. And, you know, just, but even before I ever looked at the house, when I was just driving down the driveway, I felt this sense of liberation and it felt safe and I felt peaceful. And I felt this huge yes coming up from like my nether regions and tears started streaming down my face because I was like, holy cow, I found, I found it. This, this is it. This is it. And without even going in the house. And then I, when I went in the house, it was better than I could have ever expected. And so I'm, I'm so grateful that I finally learned to get the hell out of my head, thinking about what comes next, figuring things out. But when, every time I say, I'm going to figure it out, I know that I'm off track. I know I'm off track. Mm -hmm. And for some people that's on track for them. But that phrase is my catchphrase that like my trigger to go, oh, awareness. <laughs> What <laughs> back up? How do I want to feel? How do I feel about this? And um, and that just seems to be in alignment with the MG world. Oh my god! Yeah. Well, and being a non-specific manifester, and it's interesting that like, let me figure this out. So you've got a defined ajna. I've got an open ajna, 
So if I ever, when I catch myself being like, I think I'm like, nope, nope, <laughs> get out of there. That's not where I operate from. I operate from my body. Like all my centers in human design are lit up in the body and head is wide open. My Ajna and crown wide open. And Yay. like, I picture birds flying in there. <laughs> like, And it doesn't mean I'm stupid. Mm -hmm. It means that um, I'm here to listen to my body. And anytime I try and rationalize, which now I can see comes in later, mm -hmm. I get the feeling. And then sometimes my brain will like try and be like, oh yeah, that makes sense because blah. And I'm like, no, you don't need to do that. I got this. <laughs> yep. Yep. You know, um, one of the, and I had people argue with me about this, but one of the, probably the best advice my mom ever gave me growing up was um, when it comes to making decisions, sometimes your head will, will tell you to do one thing. Your heart might tell you to do something else. She said, always be sure to listen to your gut, you mm -hmm. know, not, not to discount the others, but always listen to your gut. And I've come to realize that that's a sacral thing, you know? Yes. And what the deal I made with my sacral was that sometimes I get that fear and excitement feel the same way in my belly, you know? And so I have to check in and go, okay, is this something, is, is this a true concern or is this me actually being excited about something and just be aware of that? But it's like, I made a deal with my sacral. I'm like, well, it, it actually, it was talking to me. <laughs> it told me, but, um, the bottom line is it's not a worry board. It's not like drama queen, you know, coward. And so the deal we made is like, look, if there's something to be fearful about, I'm going to let you know, and I'm going to be really clear about it. But otherwise I'm just going to let you know when things are fun <laughs> you know, and when things feel good and that's going to give you energy. And so I'm really grateful for that. And it really came in handy during my trip last year to to Egypt when you know some some things happened that um were off plan you know off plan um but I checked in I'm like hey do I need to worry about this nope okay I'm not going to and so I mean happy to go into the details if you want but it just it ended up making for the oh yeah tell us a story we all love Lisa's stories adventure. <laughs> well this you know this whole Egypt trip was so wild because I was sitting in meditation one day and I just got this message. It was like, need you to buy a ticket to Cairo like now. I'm like, holy crap, really? And I'd been to Egypt before and but and I was planning to to lead a trip to Egypt, you know, later, but it was just this random go to Cairo. Okay, stay for you know eight days and we're gonna give you directions on where to go. And this is like my guides or intuition, whatever, telling me this. I'm like, all right. And so <laughs> during the course. I found out about this random ruins of a temple I'd never heard of on top of a mountain next to a turquoise mine in the middle of the desert on the Sinai Peninsula. And I'm like, well, that's interesting. Full body goosebumps. I mean, you know, <laughs> total excitement. You got to go there. You got to go there. I'm like, I wasn't even planning to go to the Sinai Peninsula. And you're telling me I got to go here. Not an easy place to get to. And, but I was also told Plans are going to change while you're there. So don't worry about it. Plans will change. That's how it's going to be. And just roll with it. I'm like, okay. So, you know, at least I was given, you know, a heads up. But <laughs> I had, had organized for a, a guide to take me out into the desert with the appropriate four-wheel drive vehicles and the appropriate government permission to get out into the desert and whole business. And uh, I got there and it turns out my government permission didn't come through that for whatever reason, they weren't granting permission for anybody to go into the desert on that day. And so I texted, you know, the guy who was helping me out and I said, okay, well, it's not going to work for today. It's tomorrow possibility, you know, just threw it out there. And uh, <laughs> he texts back and he was like, yeah, if you're willing to be a little uh, non-traditional about the whole thing, <laughs> like, okay, what are we talking he said, I'll tell you what, there'll be two men who pick you up tomorrow morning at 5 a.m. At the, at the camp where you're staying, and um, they're going to dress you in certain clothes to get you through the security checkpoints. And um, yeah, the, if, if you're willing to go with 
two people I didn't know into a desert where there's no streets or, you know, road signs or GPS or, you know, Google Maps or cell phone service. Um, then sure, we'll do this. And, you know, I'm checking in going, do I need to worry about this? Because if I got up in my head about it, there's 10,000 reasons this was a really damn bad idea, you know? But I checked in with my body and I'm like, okay, is, is this cool? Are we, are we good? Yep, we're good. Okay, so I decided I'm not gonna worry about it. And ended up, it was four hours one way out into the desert where we were going. And um, I had to hike up a mountain that it was not the kind of mountain where there's trails, <laughs> you know? I mean, it was really steep and rocky and kind of crazy. And I get to the temple and it was so worth it. I mean, it, seriously, possibly one of the best days of my entire life that crazy adventure. I mean, just amazing, crazy adventure. Loved every second of it. My face hurt from smiling so big by the time I got back, you know, picnic somewhere with an open fire in the middle of the desert, you know, with two people who predominantly spoke Arabic that I didn't really know. You know? Um, but I was just so glad that I trusted my body to warn, you know, that, that it would warn me if it, if there was danger and that I could trust if everything was going to be fine. And I totally thought everything was going to be fine. So I just went with it. And um, there were a lot more details that were a little hair raising that I didn't tell my mom about until I got home, for example, so she wouldn't worry. But, um, but I'm so glad that I didn't let my, my head talk me out of it, but I trusted my gut or my sacral, whichever you want to say, to, um, to know that everything was going to be fine. And truly one of the best days of my life. I mean, not my life's mission given to me in a meditation on top of the freaking mountain. I'm like, okay, that's worth the price for mention right there. All right. But I just had to say yes. And it felt really good saying yes. And that's actually your, your sacral, your gut and your spleen working together. Because fear is in our spleen. Fear and intuition is in our spleen. And then our sacral is this yes, no of desires. Love it. That's perfect. Oh, thank you for sharing that. Yeah, I was, it was, uh, well, it was just a magical day, a completely magical day. And I had to be willing to let go of this is how things should go or how things are supposed to go. This is the timeline by which I agreed to things going. If I was so wrapped up in rigidity and got pissed off about stuff, what happened would have never happened. You know, the day that it didn't work out for us to go that day instead, I got to have, you know, lunch over an open fire pit with a Bedouin family and these amazing Bedouin children who had never seen, I don't think a blonde woman you know, from America before. And it was, it was beautiful. And that evening I got to climb or that afternoon, I climbed Mount Sinai and watched the sunset from the top of Mount Sinai in this random stray cat comes and jumps in my lap as the sun is going down and falls asleep. And I didn't even know cats liked me. I'm like, what is this? But it was just, um, there's something about following the feelings and trusting that it's like it, it opened this magical doorway to, for all this amazing stuff to happen that wasn't planned or that happened better than I could have ever expected or, or thought out in my mind. And if I had held rigidly to some picture of how things are supposed to look, it, none of it would have happened, I don't think. So that's where the, the non-specific manifesting makes so much sense to me. Because my whole thing is when I went over there, I was like, all right, this was the conversation I was having with the divine. I'm like, look, I'll go to Egypt. I'm cool with that. But I need you to help me figure out how to pay for it. And I need you to keep me safe and tell me where I'm supposed to go. I'm in. I had, I'm in. But those are my requests. And I think it's totally okay to make requests as well. If yeah. We're on and following guidance. Okay. But I, I, these are the things I want to, you know. Mm, I love your balance. Yeah. Being a non-specific manifester doesn't mean, um, it doesn't mean that we can't have desires. It doesn't mean that we can't ask for what we want. It just means like the details are none of our business. Yeah. yeah. 
And what I found is when I get the hell out of the way, what happens is better than I could have ever worked out in my head in the first place. Mm-hmm. Like you and, wouldn't have put the cat in your lap. No, you wouldn't have thought about that detail. Well, and like when I got at the top of that of the mountain, you know that that <laughs> next to the turquoise mine, I get up there, two great big Rottweilers at the top of the mountain, and I love big dogs. I mean, I love big dogs, and so here's these two great big Rottweilers in the middle of the freaking desert at the top of the mountain. I'm like, what are the chances of that? <laughs> you know? But it was perfect. It was just perfect. I got dog kisses and I'm like, I couldn't, I couldn't have made that up. You know, I just couldn't have. And you know, this book I'm currently writing, it's called Courageous Co-Creation. And it's about the idea of co-creating with spirit, you know, and being willing to be, to be a team and, you know, in the, in the manifesting department. And um, one of the concepts that I learned, I kept being told, surrender, surrender, surrender. And I'm like, screw that word. I mean, that Mm. word pissed me off because I had all the throwing in the towel, giving up, you big loser. Those were the connotations that I had with surrender. And I realized that's not it at all. It's giving up the need to control the how. Mm -hmm. And um, so, I, I mean, I'm... I'm kind of bratty in my relationship with the divine. I'll be honest. I'm like, I don't freaking know how to do that. And you're going to have to be more specific and tell me because I don't get it. (laughs) And I'm in the shower and I get, okay, the idea is active surrender. Here's the equation. You need to align, which means just align with your, with your spirit, align with what feels good, align with the yes, right? Allow, which I was having a receiving problem at the time, but I needed to allow grace to flow to and through me and then take action on whatever, you know, whatever the guidance was, just take the freaking action. And that was the idea of active surrender. And, and the more I lean into that, just the more beautiful and fun and sparkly life is. I, I don't, and the more I feel like I have a chance to positively influence life around me and those people around me and clients and friends and family. And, you know, um, there's, there's some magic in there. Well, of course, cause that's the ripple effect. That's like your job here is to be a sparkly AF. And when you're sparkly AF, everyone around you is going to be elevated. They're going to feel your energy which I felt before and it's awesome and it just lights up everyone else. Uh, and I, you know what? I can't think of a better compliment than that right there. I mean, I, I really can't. The idea of amplifying, well, and it's part of my mission, the idea to amplify and connect love, light and healing in, on and beyond the planet. That's, mm. That, that's it in a nutshell. And you can't do that from a place of standing in the shadows, playing small, not being sparkly. I mean, if you're, if you're trying to amplify light, you, you got to shine. Yeah. And that's where the sparkle, I think that's where it's needed. Um, yeah. And it's, and, and at that point, it's not about me. It's just that I have to be at first. If I'm, if I'm going to have a chance of being effective at helping others, you know, see, step into, disperse with the blockages, whatever, you know, it takes to amplify their own light and love and healing and to connect that. And, you know, for me, the connection is yes, with people, but also very much with the earth and very much with the cosmos, whatever that, you know, whatever that is for the person But you know, connecting both down, you know, root oriented, but also up crown oriented. I mean, it's, it's got to go both ways for me and all amplified through the love and the heart. Boom. That's where the extra sparkle comes in. It's just all that love. It is actually on your chart. That's exactly where it is. (laughs) Yay. (laughs) I figured it out. I don't know. (laughs) You're just telling me I'm not nuts. (laughs) No, you're not. Your soul picked all of this out for you. (laughs) And I feel like, I think that's one of the things I feel around you is that like, you are your soul. Mm-hmm. It's not like some people, I think it, it can feel a little bit like, oh, your soul really wants to do that. And you're, you're caging it. And I can see that you're putting yourself in a cage, but with you, I feel like I just see your soul. 
I love that. And, and that, I'm not sure you would have felt the same thing a year and a half ago, especially not two years ago, three years ago. Luckily, I didn't know you then. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, it was, um, I was in a serious state of hiding, you know, serious hiding, bringing that, you know, let's bring the basket down over the energy. Let's hold it back. Let's not be too big. Heaven forbid we sparkle, you know, <laughs> there's no sparkling going on. Um, and it actually took, unfortunately, you know, some, some crap happening in life for me to go, Whoa, wait a minute. Yeah. I, I am not spending my time here playing small and standing in the shadows, creating my own shadows. You know, mm-hmm. my soul needs to breathe. I need to breathe. And, you know, when I felt like I was suffocating or, or just stuck in energetic quicksand, that's when I knew this is not, this is not my soul's path. You know, this is, this is not it. And I've got to open up to that, which is it, because that's how I can best serve all this other crap that I'm doing, thinking, Oh, but I'm being of service is all alone. It's not true. If it's not in alignment with who I am at my core, it's not true. Other people can do that and it can be in alignment with theirs. And that's cool. And it's not like I was doing, I mean, the stuff I was doing was, was good. It just wasn't it. And it just didn't bring me the kind of joy that I know I'm meant to experience doing what I'm here to really do. I think that's so important for people to hear. You can be doing something really good, but it's just not what lights you up. There's a difference. And, and we, and it's, this goes especially for MGs and generators, like, we really truly are here to be so excited by everything we do. <laughs> yes. You know, when, when I taught college classes, it was so funny because it didn't matter if the class was like 9:30 on a Monday morning or 6:30 p.m. at night or inside a prison or wherever, <laughs> my students would be like, "Oh my god, do you have this much energy all the time?" <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> And it's not even drugs. It's maybe some coffee, you know, (laughs) the idea of, and it didn't matter if it was a boring ass, you know, desktop publishing class or, you know, introduction to computer usage or whatever, or the speech classes, which I love to teach. Part of my thought was if I can bring energy into whatever it is I teach, especially when I was in the prisons if I can leave the energy better than I found it Mm. by being upbeat and cheerful and empowering and encouraging of other people and helping them to connect with and see the light within themselves, then I've done my real work. If they learn something about the topic, Hey, extra added bonus, you know, but to me it was the human interaction that was the real deal. And that's what lit me up. It didn't matter what I was teaching as long as I was interacting um, in a way that lit other people up, I was, you know, cloud nine walking type stuff. Yeah. Love that. You know, I have, I, that's in your chart. <laughs> <laughs> this chart business rocks my face off. I love it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're, you're, you're exactly who you're supposed to be. <laughs> yes. I want to talk about, so you're non-emotional, meaning you have an open solar plexus, which means that you don't create your own emotions, but you feel and amplify everyone else's around mm-hmm. you. So like, it, so I'm emotional. I have emotional authority, which means for me, I have the subtle emotional authority, which means like when I'm in an emotional wave, it's like a, eh. This like annoyance. I'm like perturbed. <laughs> um, and it's like a two out of 10. But if I was in that place of annoyance and I was with you, you would feel my two as a six. Hmm. And then you'd feel all pissy and I'd be like, Lisa, what's up? And you'd be like, I don't know. <laughs> Cause you're not going to know where it came from. <laughs> So what's your, well, first of all, will you share your wisdom, please, around the difference between emotions and feelings? Yeah. Well, for me personally, I've, I've learned to distinguish the two. To me, emotions have 
a lot of mental overlays on them and feelings are more body sensations. Mm. And I, I have learned for me, at least my body can't lie. I mean, the body doesn't know how to lie. And so if there is something that, that is really um, making my gut, especially go, whoa, danger, pay attention. You know, I know, okay, but, you know, shoulders back, head up, what's, I, I'm aware, you know, not necessarily, it's not about fear and don't do something, but it's just, okay, you really need to pay attention and, you know, make sure you're aware of everything that's going on before you make your decision. Um, but, oh my gosh, dropping into that too, it's so easy to tell what's a hell yes. <laughs> you know, when I get to that, jumping up, clapping, wah, type, of, type of feeling in my body. I know that I'll be so disappointed if I don't go in that direction. To me, that's just such an important roadmap. Um, so just the, the distinction between maybe it's, maybe it's energetic, you know, between feelings and, and emotions. I'm not, I'm not sure. Um, I find also that emotions tend to be, oh gosh, you just said it, outwardly sparked. So mm. I might be the person who cries at a mustard commercial, you know, or who, you know, other people can influence my emotions or even just seeing, I don't know, a puppy. <laughs> Let me just fall in love with this puppy, you know, whatever it might be. Um, but that does tend to come externally. Um, and when I get sad or fearful, now that I'm thinking about it, that's, that's a mental thing. It's because I'm thinking about stuff, not because I'm feeling about stuff. Huh. You're, you're making, you're blowing my mind now. Um, so, so yeah, yeah. What was your question? <laughs> Where were I don't we going? know what my question is, but I want to know when you were in the prison, mm -hmm. did you feel other people's emotions? Are um, you aware of that? Uh, yeah. And that was one, you know, I freaked myself out when I was told I was going to like lead this program, college program in the prison, be the liaison. I was like, oh my God, I was terrified. I mean, I'd never been in a jail, never done, I, I didn't know anything about that. And I'd only heard horror stories. Um, and I'm so glad I didn't let my mind and that fear talk me out of having the experience. Um, one of the things I did do in the prison, I did make um, an intentional effort to, to ground myself going in and to kind of shield my energy as well, because there's a lot of a lot of energy, um, and not all of it good on, on the inside of a prison, as you can imagine. I mean, you know, um, and I always made a point too of dealing with the energy when I left, because I didn't want to bring that energy back home to where you know if it's clinging onto me, maybe it's not getting in my you know in my energy field, but it might be hanging out you know on the outside of it. I just didn't want to bring that home, so. Um, how did you do that? How did you clean it out? Um, some of it was beforehand, you know, going in, I, I work with the, the violet flame of transmutation a lot. Um, I will call on Archangel Michael, other things. When I got home, there was something about washing my hand and cold, my hands in cold water. And, and I even do that after, after energy healing sessions, you know, there's just something for me about washing my hands in cold water or literally just putting my hands on the ground that kind of grounds things out for me. Um, I use a ridiculous amount of smudge. <laughs> My daughter's all the time thinking I'm smoking hoops in the house. I'm like, not smoking it, just burning, you know, <laughs> burning the sage. Um, but yeah, a lot of it was intention, you know, or intentionally grounding energy out of my, out of my body, you know, whether it's through grounding cords, which as we talked about before, I had actually been encouraged by my guides to pull my grounding cord up, not necessarily from my root, but up from my sacral chakra and ground, you know, sacral through root and then into the earth or, you know, the idea of, tr you know, tree roots growing out your feet, wh whatever. Um, but really to me, energetic hygiene is as important as showering or brushing your teeth. You know, it's just, and especially for those of us that do pick up the feelings of other people, I wouldn't want somebody else's germs hanging out on my body. You know, if you're going to sneeze on me, I'm going to wipe your snot off my arm. <laughs> the same is true with energy and with, you know, with feelings. I'm like, I love you, but I don't want your junk 
in my yeah. field, you know. Well, and that's going to dull your sparkle. Yeah. Yeah. So we get, I I think that's a really important part. It's a really important practice to know how to clean yourself out, empty out, because we're all, everyone has some open centers. That's where we pick up other people's stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's important for us to empty it out. Yeah. And then fill, and then decide and be intentional about what do we want to fill it back up with, Mm -hmm. you know? And for me, I want to fill it up with life. You know, let's let's clear out all the cobwebs and you know other people's stuff, and just fill it back up with light and with with whatever that authentic soul expression is. And so, you know, I will say I, I do tend to wear some some stones regularly that are intended to protect energy fields and for grounding and and stuff like that. And um, definitely made a point of that going into the prisons and even when I travel and stuff, you know, I just, I, I, I don't know. That's, that's one of my, I don't know if it's like a magic wand or like my shield of armor that's just around my wrist, but I get these bracelets um, that I have. Uh, one of my friends makes these great um, crystal bracelets and, and there are times when I might have you know six or seven on at a time. But when I do, I feel like wonder woman, you know, how she had her cuffs, you know, I feel like wonder woman my power bracelets on um, because I feel that I feel that energy too, both from a protective, but also an, an empowering perspective. Hmm. I feel, thank you for sharing all of that. Absolutely. Okay. So wait, but still in the prisons. Well, actually, no, my question is what does it feel like to feel other people's emotions? And, and it, before you answer that, let me just explain. So I have an open Ajna. So I feel other people's mental energy very intensely. So that's how I used to think I felt other people's emotions, but no, I feel other people thinking about their emotions. Ooh. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So, so what does it feel like to feel just the raw emotion? Mm. Um. This is one of the reasons I have to be pretty careful about who I hang out with. I'll be honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also <laughs> why I try to, maybe this is, t- maybe it's completely selfish that I do this, but try, try to be the person that brings other people up because it's more comfortable for me <laughs> to be around them if they're up instead of, instead of down. Um, but, you know, when, and, and we've talked a little bit about this before, but, you know, last year my, or the last shoosh, two, three years, um, my husband was going through a really hard time, you know, and had lost jobs and, and developed a drinking problem that we didn't realize was quite, I, I didn't realize was what it was. Um, depression, anxiety, I mean, just all of it. And um, being in the same home with that was really taken its toll on me. And I didn't even realize the extent of it until, until it wasn't present anymore. Um, but there was one day I, I was walking into the house and the, the thought that kept going through my mind is, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm walking through energetic quicksand. And it was just, it was just the feelings and the energy in the house. And he was in such a rough spot, but I just felt like I was being sucked under. And I, for someone who, who plays in energy. I mean, this is my world. And it was so frustrating to me that I couldn't change that for him. And it was frustrating to me that I let it affect me the way it did, because I'm like, I, but I know how to shield and I know how to protect and I should be able to fix him and I should be able to protect myself. And, and it was, it was, um, it was hard. It was, it was really hard. And so, um, yeah, I, I, for all the tools, you know, and all the work that I've done and help, you know, trying to help other people know how to manage situations like this and manage their own energy. Um, it was, it was really frustrating for me to, to feel like I was failing, both failing him and also failing myself at the same time. But there was just a lot of, just a lot of emotion, you know, going on around that that I um and and looking back I think a lot more of the frustration and the 
was stuff I was picking up instead of, you know, stuff that I was necessarily feeling myself. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it could be great on the, on the other side, you know, going into a super up environment and letting that really be, be the fuel that that's a beautiful thing too. But I also find, um, man, do I need downtime just away from people? (laughs) And this could be part of the reason. Um, when I'm, if I'm going into a crowd, like I don't do Black Friday shopping, for example, because energetically it is so overwhelming for me. I just, I cannot, I, I, it, it's just not wise for me to put myself in that kind of environment. When I'm in, like, I love to go to live concerts though. And so there'll be a lot of people and I'll do, you know, my things to energetically, you know, protect and, and set up my boundaries and all that. But I found, I dance like a fool. If, I mean, if there's, <laughs> There's music, especially live music. I'm the girl who's dancing like an idiot because my ass just doesn't know how to not shake. (laughs) I don't know how to keep the booty in control. But I think there's something about that that helps the energy process through and all the emotions of people around me not like cling on as much, you know, well, plus I'm just having fun. So, well, and I think that moving our bodies is one of the ways we move the energy through. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that, that is one of the guidance, you know, some of the guidance that I've been given for almost two decades now is how important it is for me to move my body regularly. And that it has nothing to do with the size of my ass or aesthetics or anything else, but it's all about energy management. And that if I want to hold higher frequencies of energy, if I want to hold more light, if I want to hold more joy, then I have to be able to process that throughout my entire body um, in a way that, as I'm told, won't short circuit my system, that, mm. you know, the, the higher levels of energy won't be available to me as much if I don't move my body as almost like, well, as grounding. I mean, when we talk about electricity, we've got that copper grounding cord for a reason, you know, in our house electricity and stuff like that. And for some of us, I think some people are wired at like 110 and there are some of us who have the opportunity to operate more at like 220, but we've got to do the things to allow that 220 to really move through our system without short circuiting and, you know, blowing fuses or however, you know, I'm torturing the analogy at this point. <laughs> but I'm can- impressed with your analogy, actually. Um- <laughs> <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Um, yeah, we, and we have to clear the blockages so the energy can move freely through us. Yeah. But it's something I realized um, when I have a recovery week, I had a recovery week last week, which meant I had fewer workouts than I'm used to and less intense. And I found myself having to do other things to empty out because mm-hmm. I, I use moving my body so much as a way to empty out. So I'd have to go like, I like to watch the way my dog and any dog shakes and they start the shake from the butt yeah so I practice that (laughs) and that's when I really need to shake something off I shake it like he would shake from the booty first yay it's just the booty shake conversation it makes us feel better right I mean it does well and that's how dogs do it like if they're in a stressful situation you'll watch them or they get super excited about something and then they shake and that's how they switch that's how they like reground reset empty out yep yep absolutely we're not that different no we're really not (laughs) they're here to teach us and so the least we can do is pay attention to the important stuff absolutely shake just shake it out yeah and always start from the booty (laughs) not sniffing the booty no 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 there are some things that we're not really meant to copy (laughs) i will pass on that (laughs) um what are we oh yeah so emptying out it's super important Uh, i think i think (laughs) i think i killed that one (laughs) we didn't go into humping legs I don't know. no no nothing else <laughs> or maybe yes i don't know. i'm sorry not for now <laughs> whatever your sickle says yes to <laughs> I, I <laughs> what else do we need to cover is there anything else we need to talk about about you living your design um 
well, one thing that's that's really come up within the past year and a half or so is the importance of the sacrum. And so, you know, some of the guidance that I've been given um, and part of part of my work moving forward in the future has to do with with um, interestingly, I mean, it's sacral heart and third eye based energy movement, um, but really that I don't know that capitalizes is the right word, but but um, amplifies and directs the flow of energy from the sacral. So we're talking sexual energy here, right? And um, but working with it in an intentional way to actually amplify energy throughout the body, amplify you know creativity, joy, flow, receptivity. Um, but the importance or, or the opportunity, maybe that's it, the opportunity to connect. What, what I feel as more um, divine feminine energy of the sacral and more divine masculine energy of the, of the third eye area um, and bringing them together in the heart and really superpower, you know, supercharging them with love as a way of manifesting. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, when I, when I think and when I practice along those lines, um, it, it takes me to a whole different space of possibility and and of how i feel in my body how you know i feel operating in the world um just a a whole different level of joy and so there's something about the balancing of that divine masculine divine feminine bringing them together in the heart supercharging them with love and man letting the sexual energy be the force behind that when i say sexual energy i'm not necessarily talking sex with a partner you know although that's great <laughs> i'm a fan um but you know we've got so many hang-ups in our culture around sexual energy and you know whether it's you know dogmas or you know just pick pick your hang up um but there's so much power there for us and when i say power i mean positive manifesting generating sort of sort of power and potential um and that's what sexual energy is right like it's desire and creation yeah yeah exactly and so you know a lot of what what i what i work with and and through workshops and and um other efforts help other people think about and work with is actually harnessing that that sexual energy that desire that creativity but but the very real inner I say very real, the energetics of it, like the energy movement up through the central column, through the chakras, through, you know, and, and it doesn't all have to be orgasm based, but man, if you decide to have a big O and a chakra on purpose, you know, whether it's your heart or your third eye or wherever, whoo, I mean, that can be some good stuff. Um, but part of it's just being willing to have a conversation that's, that's you know, because it's not about lewd, crude, you know, X-rated stuff. That's that's so not the point. Um, but really, it's about connection. And you know, what I see is is not just connection with self, obviously, but and and potentially with another person if if that's um, if that's the current situation. <laughs> but also connection with the earth, connection with the divine. I mean, there's opportunity to connect in all of those ways intentionally drawing upon that sacral energy in a way that like fuels and almost like turbocharges our opportunity to show up and manifest and have that creative flow in the world. And when that's all fueled and by love, you know, when we can run that through the heart and, and add that to the component because you know, so often when we think sexual energy, it stops at the sacral. You know, I mean, it's boom, there, there, there we go. It stops there, but we have the opportunity to allow that energy to go throughout the entire body. And uh, working on it intentionally is, is it's it, it's just a beautiful thing and um, opens up other avenues that some folks haven't explored, and you know, opens up wow, just from a pure self-love perspective, just pure self-love. And <laughs> take that in a couple of different ways with this conversation. But um, it wasn't until I started doing this work and intentionally working with my, with my sacral energy and 
working it through my heart that I started feeling more appreciation and gratitude for myself, for my body, that I really started feeling worthy. And I had some huge worthiness issues in the past. And this work has helped me um, overcome those. And, and you know, I, I understand why, but that's opened up the floodgates, you know, in terms of a willingness to allow and to receive and to accept grace or, you know, whatever, whether it's from other people, from the divine, from opportunities, you know, take your, take your pick, which is very much a sacral thing, right? The, the willingness to accept and receive. Um, and also the courage rooted in this concept of, of worthiness to take the aligned action, you know, to actually do the act of surrender thing. Um, so when I looked at my chart and the first time we talked about it and you said, oh, inner authority is sacral. I was like, oh my God, this makes so much sense. And why this has been such a game changer for me. I mean, you know, and of course I'm the girl right now who, <laughs> who is single and it's not like I've got a partner to practice with, but it really doesn't matter. I mean, if you got one, great, cool. That's awesome. You can do this together. But if not, you know, just intentionally moving that energy through the body um, and especially through the heart and with, with feelings of love and gratitude for self, for other, for earth, for divine, for whatever, really can make a difference. Mm. I'm so grateful that I, that I followed that guidance and, and learned this for myself and now have the opportunity to share it with others. I love... I love you. And I love that you follow your guidance. Thank you for doing that because it, you really, truly are serving the world with every moment that you follow your guidance. Thank you. You're, you're welcome. It, it took them literally locking me in my office from the outside and saying, sit your ass down. We got something to say. It's time to meditate. I mean, it took that for me to go, okay, I'm paying attention. Yeah, you got my attention now. And um, I mean, it was a wild turn of events that it all happened, but it, the guidance was very clear. This is, this is what we need you to focus on. This is what we need you to teach. This is where I learned for me at least, and for some others too, grounding from the sacral into the earth actually matters. And I tell you what, grounding from the sacral into the earth, letting go of whatever needs to be let go of, send mama earth some love, and then be willing to receive the love back from mama earth. Holy crap. That was a game, game changer. That was one of the most beautiful things that I remember ever experiencing just in terms of a meditative, you know, it wasn't just about giving energy out, but actually being willing to receive back from the earth into the sacral chakra. That was, I mean, it, uh, it was beautiful and it just felt so nurturing and joy filled and it just felt like love. It just felt like love. Yeah. I don't know what to say to that. I'm just <laughs> sitting with it and loving it. And so I think we should wrap this baby up. <laughs> On that note. Yeah. Will you remind people where they can find you, please? Sure. You can find me, you know, right now, Facebook's actually the best way. Just Lisa Wade Berry. I also have a website at lisawadeberry.com. Um, yeah. Instagram too. Love right. the Yeah. Love to share. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for playing with me. Oh, yeah. Again. Again. I hope, hope that we have many opportunities, play dates in the future. Me too. Yay. <laughs> Thank you. And thank you for sharing all of this with the world. I mean, mm -hmm. this is, I've done a lot of different like exploration into what makes us tick as humans, but there's something about human design that just makes so much sense to me. It's like, it, it satisfies my mind, but it also satisfies my heart and my sacral and just the rest of me. I can feel my way into it and go, oh yeah, that, yeah. that makes it, so much sense. It feels familiar to me. It feels like Oh, I think I was born knowing this. And then I forgot about it. Yeah. There's something really validating about yeah. it. It goes into different perspectives. And there's so many little different dots that when we connect the dots to get the big picture, it's just very validating for me. And so all of that, you know, inner talk, 
flaky, blah, 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 crap, you know, and worrying about other people's perspectives on how I approach life. I look at this and go, well, of course, that's how I approach life. Mm -hmm. That's how I'm built. And that's how I'm made. And that's totally okay. And you're built and made in a different way, other people. And that's totally okay. You do you. And I want to do me and feel good about doing me. Yeah. I love one of the things that's given me is like, I can celebrate doing me and see other people following their design and being like, yay, look at you. I don't have any interest in doing that, but it doesn't, it's not about me. Mm -hmm. I just love that you're serving the world the way you're supposed to. You're dancing with energy the way you're supposed to do it. Absolutely. Absolutely. On a very practical level, I'm so glad that there are people who love accounting in this world. But just because it's not my thing doesn't mean I'm going to downplay their love for it. I'm so grateful. (laughs) Please. Or it doesn't mean I'm going to ignore it. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So you're right. And that's, you know, I think when we can value diversity, that just makes, makes life that much more interesting and the planet just better, (laughs) Mm. better. Yeah. Yeah. Cause we're all here for different reasons. We all need each other. Yeah. Beautiful thing. And there you have it, an MG living her design. I really hope you love that conversation as much as I did. And I hope you love human design as much as I do. I know that's a lot. So maybe you love it a little bit less than I do because this stuff lights me up so much. It's so fun. And I really, truly dream of a day when everyone knows their design and they own it and they celebrate it and they lean into their gifts and they know other people's designs and they celebrate them for leaning into their designs. Mm. All right, so if human design does light you up, if you wanna know and understand what your soul picked out for you, schedule a reading with me. Go to kelseyabbott.com slash human design. Now, if you'd like to share the Find Your Awesome podcast, I would so appreciate that, and I'm gonna preemptively say thank you, thank you, thank you. Share it in any way that lights you up please. And if you'd like to support the podcast, please go to patreon.com slash Kelsey Abbott. Thank you and go forth and be awesome.